Thanks for taking some time to listen to this message on the Elevate Church podcast. We believe that God will speak to you wherever you are. Now let's prepare our hearts and hear what God has for us today. As we heard all the news coming out of Israel this last week, it could be easy to ask God, where are you? Where were you? Over a thousand people were killed ruthlessly in the streets, men, women, children, elderly. And this is not a new question. In fact, the prophet Isaiah asked this question. He says in Isaiah 49, that Zion says, am I forsaken? Am I forgotten by God? And he then goes on to say, can a woman forget her nursing child? Can she have not compassion on the son of her womb? He says, surely even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Israel, I've inscribed you on the palms of my hand. You are not forgotten, you are not forsaken. And so as we have so many Christians around the world that are praying for Israel right now, we wanna challenge you, the global church, to pray for Israel by name. Just as the names of the children of Israel are inscribed on the palms of God's hands, we wanna inscribe the names of these over 100 hostages on our hands. There's over 100 hostages right now in Gaza, children, women, men, and elderly. And we wanna see God free the captive, release the prison chains, and rescue those that are currently in oppression. They're facing the darkest season of their lives. And so we're asking, would you write the name of one of these hostages on the palm of your hand as a reminder to ourselves that they are not forgotten, that we remember their name and they are remembered by God. They're inscribed on the palm of God's hand. We've already heard one miracle of a woman that's escaped and was able to return back to Israel. We're believing God for miraculous rescue, for a miraculous saving of lives. And we're gonna do that by praying for Israel by name. So I wanna challenge you. I wanna challenge your church. I wanna challenge your faith community. Would you write the name of one of the hostages on your hand using a black marker and post a photo or a video of you praying for that individual? And would you use it as a reminder throughout the day when you look down at your hand, we're praying, we're remembering them because they are known by God, they're remembered by God, and they are not forgotten. We wanna see a movement of a million Christians around the world that are praying for Israel by name. Will you join us? So every now and then, we are given an opportunity um, to have moral clarity like maybe we never have before. And we are able to see pure evil, I believe, for what it is. We are able to see organizations who would support pure evil for what they are. And this has been that kind of week. Um, we called an audible this week uh, with all the events that are happening in Israel and decided to take a pause. I, I, in fact, I felt like we had to press pause on the series that we were in called Mind Monsters to talk about the events that are, are taking place. And what I'd like for us to do today is to take time this evening to pray. And here's, here's what's going to happen tonight. This might stretch you a little bit, but I believe God has called us here and brought us here for this moment uh, to pray. I believe there is power in our prayers. There's power to, to change things. There's power um, for God to move. And as we seek him, he does that. But what has, has taken place and what is currently happening in Israel is so gut-wrenching. I don't know if you're anything like me, but you showed up here tonight or you showed up this week at home with just a heavy heart. And just the, as things are unfolding, we're getting news uh, more and more every day of the cruel things that have happening. And I'm not going to go through the list of things that have, has happened because I don't think it's, it's necessary. Most of you have seen the events, most of you have heard of things that have gone on in Israel, and for the purpose of, of trying to be modest, you know, obviously the television news stations have blurred things out so you don't see the absolute mutilation of people. Um, you don't have to see the worst of the worst, but with every passing moment since Hamas had uh, started this infiltration into Israel, we learn more and more and more of what evil really is capable of. In fact, it only seems to become more and more cruel every day. And so I'm not going to list that off, but I want you to know that as I've tuned in and perhaps as you've tuned in, uh, I have seen things that are now burned forever in my mind. 
etched in my mind, things that, that I don't even know will, will ever go away. Um, Hamas is a terrorist organization. It's funded by Iran. That is not a secret, by the way. There are leaders of Hamas who have come out and said, yes, you know, Iran has funded this conflict. Hamas, if you don't know, is an acronym uh, in Arabic that translates in English as this, the Islamic Resistance Movement. And the goal of Hamas is one goal, and that is to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. In fact, their unofficial motto is this, we love death as much as Israel loves life. That's what they love to say. And to in any way support Hamas, to celebrate Hamas, to think that anything they have done is commendable, commendable whatsoever is to be a party of the evil that is behind them. Even organizations posting pictures of people coming down in paragliders to, to kill innocent people at, a, at a, you know, a rave, a dance party. It's just unthinkable that they would even side with that. Hamas is operating like an anti-Semitic thought or idea under the power of Satan himself because it is Satan who incites people to this hatred for Jews. Why does he do that? Well, I want to talk about that tonight. Because uh, God determined to rescue the world through a plan of redemption. And in order to do that, God providentially raised up a nation of people uh, that had never previously existed. Of course, they did it through the seed of one man, if you remember, named Abraham. Uh, and out of that one man's seed came a race of people who ultimately formed a nation, the nation of Israel. And they were given by God's providential plan and purposes boundaries of land which to exist in. You can read that throughout the entire Old Testament. So that one day through this nation of people, this race of people he raised up, one day he could present a Messiah to the entire world. In fact, this is what it says in Revelation 12, 4. It tells us that there was a dragon. The dragon has always stood against the woman ready to devour her child. Colby, what does that mean? Well, the dragon in Revelation 12 is, is a, a, a word for Satan, the enemy Satan. And the woman in Revelation 12 is a picture of Israel. And so the child the woman has given birth to ultimately is this picture of Jesus, the Messiah, coming into the world. And so the dragon has always stood at the ready, ready to devour the Messiah, ready to devour the child whom the woman has given birth to. Satan has always been opposed to God's redemptive plan and purposes. If you think back to the garden, when the enemy tempted you know, Eve with the fruit and, and Adam came and they joined in together, what did God tell him? He said, from now on, your offspring, you know, they're gonna bite the heel of, of my offspring but they are going to crush your head. And so Satan's plan since then has been, well, we need to crush the head. Like we need, to, we need to kill before we are killed. We need to put an end to God's redemptive plan and purposes in the world. And so since God's plan for redemption came through the, the Jewish people because the Messiah was Jewish, Jesus is Jewish, the world's attention has always been directed and focused now towards this tiny nation about, you know, less than uh, the square footage the size of New Jersey, the state of New Jersey. And there has been this continual effort to wipe the state of Israel, which is the plan of the enemy and the Jewish people off the face of the earth. And it has all been because Satan has been inciting people and nations to come against God's redemptive plan. So that's what it all boils down to. No matter, you know, what it looks like, no matter the, the geopolitical scene and, and who's doing what right now, this was a war that started a long time ago. So are we taking time to talk about this in church? Here's why. You should take this personally. Every single one of us should take this personally because when we start talking about Israel and we start talking about uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and the, the nation that he set apart for his redemptive plan and purposes in this world, we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, and that might not be everybody in this room, but those of you who have crossed that line of faith and said yes to following Jesus, we are thankful for what God has done. And what God has done through the, the Jewish people, we are on the receiving end of God's redemptive plan for history. 
a plan that he put into place, by the way, before the foundations of the earth. He tells us that through the Jewish people, a savior, a Messiah named Jesus would die for the sins of the world. And so therefore, I just want to say this for whatever it's worth, not that anyone cares, but we stand for Israel. Unequivocally, we stand for, we stand with the nation of Israel. And I would also add this, we stand with any Palestinians who condemn the acts of Hamas. And we stand with any Palestinians who believe in Israel's right to exist as human beings on this earth. And let me just say this, I'm, I'm grateful for the way that our nation has, has stepped up. I'm grateful for what our president seems to be doing. Like he has said this, I quote, uh, President Biden said this past Saturday was the deadliest day for Jews since the Holocaust, and it was. By far, there has never been a single act um, since the Holocaust like the one that happened this past Saturday. Uh, he, he said this, that, that um, the act of Hamas was an act of sheer evil. And so for now, America is showing its support, both morally and physically, in the nation of Israel, right? We have the USS Gerald Ford just off the eastern uh, the coast of, uh, in the Mediterranean. We've delivered B-2 bombers to Israel. We've supplied them with more munitions so that they could keep the Iron Dome going. The Iron Dome that, you know, um, is, is what they use against all the missiles, 5,000 plus missiles that Hamas has sent just kind of randomly into Israel. And that system's about 95% accurate. So we seem to, for now, and I know how things can change and war can change, you know, quickly uh, the train can shift. We seem to, for now, be doing the right things. And anytime someone does the right things or says the right things, I think they should be honored. And so I honor, you know, our president for doing that but it's going to get, get worse. And so we need to continue to stand behind Israel in this conflict. Gaza is pretty much gonna be leveled, I believe, in an effort to root out Hamas, to, in the effort for this, for this evil never to exist again. So we have a lot to pray for, and that's what we're going to do tonight. Uh, of course, they have Hezbollah in the north that's threatening to attack and has on a, on, on a small scale so far. They're in the southern Lebanon and Hezbollah has 100,000 plus like Kadusha rockets that they are ready, that they've been supplied by the way of Iran, uh, which is also via, via Russia. And Hezbollah is more aligned with Iran than even uh, um, Hamas is. Hezbollah are, are Shiite Muslims, Hamas are Sunni Muslims, but they come together for the single purpose of destroying Israel and wiping them off the planet. So here's the question, why? Like, why all this? Why now? Why, why Israel? Uh, why, why Jerusalem? Why is Jerusalem so important? Uh, I've been to Israel a couple different times, and it's fascinating because you have these, these three major religions. You have Christianity, Judaism, and then you have the Islamics there. The Muslims there, and they, they all gather and they all believe, you know, that this holy land, this is the spot, you know, where, you know, God is going to return. And here's what it says in Zechariah 12. God says, I will make Jerusalem and Judah like an intoxicating drink to all the nearby nations that send their armies to besiege it. Jerusalem he's talking about. And on that day, I'll make Jerusalem a heavy stone and a burden for the world. And none of the nations who try will be able to lift it. It's interesting how everything always seems to come back to this, this, this tiny city of Jerus Jerusalem in this tiny nation of Israel. And I want to show you a brief video quickly put out by Dennis Prager and Prager University uh, to help us really understand a little bit better what's happening. And this was put out several years ago, but if you guys wouldn't mind just rolling that for a few minutes. When I did my graduate studies at the Middle East Institute at Columbia University's School of International Affairs, I took many courses on the question of the Middle East conflict. Semester after semester, we studied the Middle East conflict as if it was the most complex conflict in the world, when in fact, it is probably the easiest conflict in the world to explain. It may be the hardest to solve, but it is the easiest to explain. In a nutshell, it's this. One side wants the other side dead. Israel wants to exist as a Jewish state and to live in peace. 
Israel also recognizes the right of Palestinians to have their own state and to live in peace. The problem, however, is that most Palestinians and many other Muslims and Arabs do not recognize the right of the Jewish state of Israel to exist. This has been true since 1947, when the United Nations voted to divide the land called Palestine into a Jewish state and an Arab state. The Jews accepted the United Nations partition, but no Arab or any other Muslim country accepted it. When British rule ended on May 15, 1948, the armies of all the neighboring Arab states, Lebanon, Syria, Iraq, Transjordan, and Egypt, attacked the one-day-old state of Israel in order to destroy it. But to the world's surprise, the little Jewish state survived. Then it happened again. In 1967, the dictator of Egypt, Gamal Abdel Nasser, announced his plan, in his words, to destroy Israel. He placed Egyptian troops on Israel's border, and armies of surrounding Arab countries were also mobilized to attack. However, Israel preemptively attacked Egypt and Syria. Israel did not attack Jordan and begged Jordan's king not to join the war. But he did. And only because of that did Israel take control of Jordanian land, specifically the West Bank of the Jordan River. Shortly after the war, the Arab states went to Khartoum, Sudan, and announced their famous three no's. No recognition, no peace, and no negotiations. What was Israel supposed to do? Well, one thing Israel did a little more than a decade later in 1978 was to give the entire Sinai Peninsula an area of land bigger than Israel itself and with oil back to Egypt because Egypt, under new leadership, signed a peace agreement with Israel. So Israel gave land for the promise of peace with Egypt, and it has always been willing to do the same thing with the Palestinians. All the Palestinians have ever had to do is recognize Israel as a Jewish state and promise to live in peace with it. But when Israel has proposed trading land for peace, as it did in 2000, when it agreed to give the Palestinians a sovereign state in more than 95% of the West Bank and all of Gaza, the Palestinian leadership rejected the offer and instead responded by sending waves of suicide terrorists into Israel. Meanwhile, Palestinian radio, television, and school curricula remain filled with glorification of terrorists, demonization of Jews, and the daily repeated message that Israel should cease to exist. So it's not hard to explain the Middle East dispute. One side wants the other dead. The motto of Hamas, the Palestinian rulers of Gaza, is, we love death as much as the Jews love life. There are 22 Arab states in the world, stretching from the Atlantic Ocean to the Indian Ocean. There is one Jewish state in the world, and it is about the size of New Jersey. In fact, tiny El Salvador is larger than Israel. Finally, think about these two questions. If tomorrow Israel laid down its arms and announced, we will fight no more, what would happen? And if the Arab countries around Israel laid down their arms and announced, we will fight no more, what would happen? In the first case, there would be an immediate destruction of the state of Israel and mass murder of its Jewish population. In the second case, there would be peace the next day. As I said at the outset, it is a simple problem to describe. One side wants the other dead. And if it didn't, there would be peace. Please remember this. There has never been a state in the geographic area known as Palestine that was not Jewish. Israel is the third Jewish state to exist in that area. There was never an Arab state, never a Palestinian state, never a Muslim or any other state. That's the issue. Why can't the one Jewish state the size of El Salvador be allowed to exist? That is the Middle East problem. I'm Dennis Prager. This is what Psalm 10 says. Um, o Lord, why do you stand so far away? 
Why do you hide when I am in trouble? The wicked arrogantly hunt down the poor. Let them be caught in the evil they plan for others. For they brag about their evil desires. They praise the greedy and curse the Lord. They are too proud. The wicked are too proud to seek God. They seem to think that God is dead, yet they succeed in everything they do. They do not see your punishment awaiting them. They sneer at all their enemies. They think nothing bad will ever happen to us. We will be free of trouble forever. Their mouths are full of cursing, lies, and threats. Trouble and evil are on their lips and tongues. They lurk in ambush in the villages, waiting to murder innocent people. They are always searching for helpless victims. Like lions crouched in hiding, they wait to pounce on the helpless. Like hunters, they capture the helpless and drag them away in nets. Their helpless victims are crushed. They fall beneath the, the strength of the wicked. The wicked think God isn't watching us. He has closed his eyes and won't see what we do. Arise, O Lord, punish the wicked, O God. Do not ignore the helpless. Why do the wicked get away with despising God? They think God will never call us to account, but you see the trouble and grief they cause. You take note of it and punish them. The helpless put their trust in you you defend the orphans. Break the arms of these wicked, evil people. Go after them until the last one is destroyed. The Lord is king forever and ever. The godless nations will vanish from the land. Lord, you know the hopes of the helpless. Surely you will hear their cries and comfort them. You will bring justice to the orphans and the oppressed so mere people can no longer terrify them. In my, my Bible, this psalm is subtitled, a, a psalm of confidence in God's triumph over evil. And my prayer is that God's justice would, would be done in and through this. And so as I've been kind of, you know, praying and looking through uh, how to approach this and how to talk through this and how to set up our time together where we just, we seek God and pray together. The Bible tells us, you know, where two or three are gathered, God is there in their midst. And I believe God hears our prayers. Uh, and so I want to do that in just a moment. But I've been probably like many of you, just glued to different news channels, listening to other, other people talk about the conflict, people that are there. Um, and so what I want you to see before we do this is an interview that I've found through uh, by a pastor that I, I've come to really respect and a man named Amir Sarfati. And maybe you've heard of this guy, uh, but let me tell you who he is. And then we'll jump into this interview. Amir uh, Sarfati was a major in the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force. And he just missed the last call for being called up. Uh, he had aged out, but I, I think there are now some 350,000 or something Israeli uh, soldiers that have been called up. And Amir, this guy, check it out, was also the governor of Jericho in Israel before uh, the Israelis turned it over to the Palestinians around 1994. And so Amir grew up in a, in a strict Jewish home, but he came to know Jesus as his personal Lord and Savior. Now he travels the world talking about scripture, talking about um, Jesus and Bible prophecy. And I'm hoping that you're going to find this interview uh, as, as enlightening as I have. But more than that, I pray it will give us better context for prayer in just a moment as we pray together uh, for Israel. And this will helpfully set the table. So if you guys can go ahead and roll that interview. Sarfati, Amir, I've probably known you for now close to 20 years, I guess, um, thereabouts. And um, no better person I can think of to talk to about what is going on in Israel than you, my friend. Uh, you are a, a retired now from the IDF, but you were a major in the reserves. And um, I was talking to you before we uh, pressed record that you've just barely passed an age where they're not going to call you up. But you were telling me 400,000 reservists they've called up now, the largest uh, calling up of the reserves in the history of Israel. So. Um, first of all, welcome, and second of all, give me your perspective, give us your perspective on what is happening right now in Israel. And then I want to weave it in with Bible prophecy too, but tell me just what's happening factually. You know some things going on there, so tell us. So, you know, it, it's kind of hard to uh, admit, but uh, that was one of Israel's most colossal failures 
when it comes to intelligence that led to a colossal failure in readiness. Um, and Israel underestimated its enemy and overestimated its intelligence. And we got a wake-up call uh, that cost us dearly. It's the 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 probably the most uh, you know the largest terror attack in the history of the Jewish people. I mean, in one day, uh, more than a thousand people were killed. Uh, I mean, they tell you it's 900 or 800, but there are hundreds of bodies that we're finding right now when we finally uh, clear the, the kibbutzim and, and the places where uh, we have no control over until a few hours ago. So we're finding tons of bodies in homes, uh, whole families, uh, children, women, uh, old people, young people. They, they executed people ISIS style. And so, um, yeah, so what happened is basically um, Israel declared war. Uh, and, and, and basically, uh, we have, um, um, we are enacting Article 40, which uh, the last time it was, uh, it was in 1973 in the Yom Kippur War, exactly 50 years ago. Um, the first step is to purify the Israeli territory from all the remaining of the terrorists. We're talking about almost 1,500 terrorists that infiltrated into Israel. Uh, and then we began phase two, which is the uh, demolition of every possible hideout of the terrorists in Gaza. They've never seen anything like that, they said, in their history. And uh, Israel literally took off the gloves and decided to uh, go all the way. Number three is also to um, uh, get international support. And if, if you follow me on Telegram, you see on... Uh, you know, unprecedented support to Israel while Israel is bombing. Normally, you know, that's when the support ends. And, uh, of course, Israel will have to deal also with our other borders in the north, in the northeast, Syria and Lebanon, which are also troublesome because the Iranian proxies uh, receive the green light from Iran to also start their thing from there. And so this is where we are right now. We're in the middle of a war. It's the third day only, and we expect it to last weeks. And um, the U.S. Uh, is standing by Israel in a very beautiful and unique way, just as it did 50 years ago. This time, uh, USS Gerald Ford uh, is approaching the coast of Israel. B-52 bombers are uh, landing in Israel and uh, lots of munition and uh, uh, special weapons and special bombs are on their way on cargo planes to Israel. But what are your what are your feelings about how it is true President Biden came out with a pretty strong statement in defense of Israel, but at the same time, our U.S. policy towards Iran is not helping Israel. It's helping Hamas. Um, the the uh, the sanctions have been lifted and billions of dollars now are available to Iran. The Iran nuclear deal is a disaster. Uh, anything that we're doing to, to, to aid or assist Iran, and Iran is calling for death to Israel, death to America. So there's a conflict in the United States about how we're really helping or not helping Israel. Wouldn't you agree? No, I, I agree with you that uh, Israel itself does not understand exactly what is the stance of the U.S. administration, because obviously unfreezing uh, $6 billion would mean that Hamas gets a half a billion out of it. Um, also, by the way, in your southern border, on one hand, they kept the border open, and finally, suddenly, they, they decide that it's time to, um, you know, build a wall or whatever it is. So you can yeah. tell that they, they understand things are not working the way they had hoped. Um, look, I could say a lot of things about the horrific U.S. Uh, um, foreign uh, policy in the last two and a half years. I mean, everything from Afghanistan through uh, what's going on in Iraq and Syria uh, to the uh, issues with Iran and your borders. But but I will choose now to focus on the stand by Israel, the, because that's a game changer. I, I don't know if you know, but 
this is why we don't have uh, Hezbollah attacking right now with uh, 250,000 rockets. This is why the Houthis in Yemen are not doing anything or the proxies of Iran in Iraq and Syria, only because they understand that they're messing with more than just Israel. Yeah. Uh, but these things will change, and I'm sure that we're going to talk about it now, uh, because prophetically, America will not stand there forever. Before we talk about prophecy, tell me, what is your thoughts about, do you, and obviously, you know, this is, I guess, speculative, but the border with Gaza is typically very secure. And, and when we say there was an intelligence failure, but isn't it likely that either Russia, China, Iran, somebody is tampering with the surveilling process around the border with Gaza for Hamas to break through the border and and do what they did to come in and butcher Jews like they did? Yeah. Well, well, you know what? They first of all they prepared for this for a whole year, actually yeah. a little bit more than a year. So this is. You know, while the world was telling us that we need to help Hamas, support Hamas, get more workers to come to work in Israel, they were already plotting this. Yeah. Now, the thing is that the colossal failure of the Israeli intelligence is not only that we didn't know about this operation, but we also did not know that they are holding certain things that now we know they have, such as sophisticated drones that are dropping bombs uh, in a very accurate way, because what they just did is they neutralized all 25 outposts along the border with those bombs. And, and they also neutralized with sn snipers, basically, uh, shot all the cameras. Uh, so, you know, with the first 20 minutes, we were blind. We didn't see what's going on there. And then once they opened 15 different holes in the in the fence 15 not one not two 15 places along the for the fence they were quickly going to the israeli outpost and they slaughtered all the soldiers there yeah. while they were in bed yeah. so what happened is that in the first hour israeli the israeli military in in the upper levels of command had no clue what's going on down there because our eyes and our ears were gone our command ch chain was missing the link that is on the ground. And so these terrorists surprised the music festival uh, participants. They surprised, they surprised the towns and villages in Kibbutzim. They just showed up and people had no clue it's happening. And um, uninterruptedly in the first couple hours, they would go in and out, in and out. And they were shocked. They admitted, they said, we were shocked that... Israel did not react for nearly four hours, allowing us to go in and bring kidnapped people into Gaza, go back with the same trucks, same motorcycles, same jeeps, get more people back and forth a few times. They, it was like, it's too good to be true because it was too good to be true. They did surprise us. It was a colossal failure in levels that uh, we will have to study. But they had to have had help. I mean, I mean absolutely. Look, I know I in my newsletter a couple of days ago, I, I, I hinted that uh, Russia's hints is, is all over this place. Yeah. Iran, of course, is very vocal and supporting in whatever they can. But it had to be a bit higher than that. It had to have a capability that is even more than Iran. And, and you see those drones that are dropping bombs. In Ukraine, you see that uh, all, yeah. all all over there. You know, Iran is making suicide drones for the most part, or drones that are going long distance with big missiles, not just the little ones that are dropping bombs. That's a Russian thing that apparently we learned that the Wagner group was training the Hamas people how to operate. Um, so I see Russia's fingerprint all over because Russia is interested in having another conflict that will divert the attention of the world from what's going on. Well, and, and so speaking of Russia, let's talk a little bit about prophecy because Ezekiel 38, I mean, things are Correct. coming together in a way like we've never seen it. I mean, Russia's alliance with Iran and, uh, you know, Persia and, and uh in Ezekiel chapter 38, but, but Iran was called Persia until 1935. So, Talk a little bit about what's your perspective on what is unraveling prophetically here. Yeah, well, so, you know, one of the reasons 
this conflict right now, it cannot be the Ezekiel War, is obviously the fact that Israel is getting help from someone, yeah. which in Ezekiel, we know nobody's going to stand on our side. But the two things that should happen for Ezekiel to really come to 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 fruition is is the Damascus destruction and the fact that America must step down from its role as world leader as as in the best friend and ally of Israel, and that will leave Israel vulnerable and ready for the Russians to come. Another thing that is I see that is happening right now is Russia is very angry with the Western world's support of Israel right now. They're very angry. They, it reminds them of what the world is uh, with Ukraine. And so they find themselves on the other side. And so more and more the Russians uh, are, are, are actually finding themselves in, uh, on, a, on a clear path of confrontation with Israel. And uh, again, America is right now standing on our side. But uh, you know and I know that this is the key to how the Russians will feel free to come against us is when they know that there is no U.S. on our side. There is no Gerald Ford uh, right uh, in our coast, and there is no B-52s that are parked on our runways. So, so I think that um, if I would be, if I was an American, I would, you know, I would think, okay, I think we're next because, uh, you know, it seems to me that um, if there is one thing that all the big forces of evil and the axis of evil wants to do right now is bring you down. And, and then they'll come and take care of us. And all your open borders, it's innocent to think that only work seekers are there crossing yeah. the border. Your military is very concerned about the identity of many that infiltrated into your through your southern borders. And all they need is to wait for the day that they're being called to do what they need to do. And a lot of what you saw that happened to us can happen on American soil because once they're enacted as sleeper cells and once they're enacted, they get their weapon that it's easy to get in America and they'll just show up in neighborhoods and towns, take over them, and that's it. So what yeah. happened to Israel can happen in many other places. I just heard today that 153, they've identified 153 terrorists that have come across the southern border and we don't know where they are. They're in the United go. States now somewhere, and so they can easily arm themselves. Uh, I just also spoke directly with a man who was down on the border a couple months ago, and he said he saw buses pulling in that was that were crossing the border, and, and everyone on the bus were uh, fighting age Chinese men. And oh. like, how are they coming through Mexico? But he said that's, that's who was getting off the bus. So... It's really interesting what is happening right now. What about Damascus? What do you think they, what role do they play in any of this? Well, you know, Damascus will, will have to be destroyed. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us who destroys it. The Bible tells us it will cease from being a city. It will be a ruinous heap, which means something very big is going to happen and it, Damascus can be destroyed. Uh, it can be a, a destruction caused by men. It can be natural disaster because you know you don't know but we know one thing the fingers will be pointed at israel no matter what yeah. and and that will be enough for for them to conclude that it's time to go against us and so you know i i see how the arab world is getting crazy when israel is doing something to arabs but as long as it's the palestinians they don't care much but when we or when we will be accused for doing something to syria and to the Syrian capital, even though it's not necessarily us who did something, but it doesn't matter. What matters is what they think. Yeah. Um, it's going to be then, I believe, the end of their tolerance and they'll just roll into us. I honestly believe that, you know, very soon, and when I say soon, I don't know if days, weeks, or months, but I'm, I'm just saying we're getting to that level. The temperature is you know, so hot, it's boiling, and the Middle East is just about to explode. And um, people are becoming very, very, uh, you know, polarized. I mean, it's, it's it's Israeli society right now, by the way. One good thing that happened is that we're, we're now one, and people understand that, you know, we need to put an end to Hamas in Gaza. It's not, not nothing less than that can be uh, tolerated. So I, I think that um, when you, when that happens, 
you get uh, you, you get extreme measures that are going to be taken by all countries around. Yeah, I know. I've already warned our congregation, get ready for the international backlash now. They're going to see Israel Absolutely. as the oppressor. I mean, you know, the Arab world already sees Israel as the occupiers, and it'll just feed that. But, I mean, this is a matter of survival, uh, what Israel Absolutely. has to do. And I think that the Israelis are at the point where they're no longer, they don't know, they no longer care what the world will say. And after losing that many people in such a way, we're done with, you know, what the UN or what the world is saying. Well, Psalm 121, he who watches over Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. And um, that's the ultimate comfort that that Israel has. And so, Amir, just as we wrap things up, um, you know, Psalm 122 is our mandate to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. What what can we as Americans do? Anything besides praying? What how can we help what's going on right now in Israel? Well, on my Telegram channel where I feed news around the clock, I mean, I intend to post uh, in, you know, a few hours or maybe tomorrow because I, you know, there's a lot of people that are asking for help, but I don't I, I don't like to to post stuff that I don't verify. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to collect, uh, uh, you know, verified, uh, uh, you know, places where people should uh, or can uh, help. There's okay. a lot of need, a lot of need. I mean, we're talking about communities that were that are gone, basically. A kibbutz yeah. that had 300 people, of which 100 dead and 50 are in Gaza right now. And people lost their homes and people lost everything. So there's a lot of need. Um, I'm on my Telegram channel. I'm going to post some, maybe on, on on social media as well. But I think that the prayer, speaking about prayer, not just pray for the peace of Jerusalem. I would also add, pray for the Jewish people to open their eyes for their Messiah. I mean, they're desperate right now, and desperation sometimes leads to asking the big questions. And uh, I think that this is a good time to tell them that there is hope, and and He is uh, the only one that will ever give them peace. Amen. Give everybody your um, contact info, beholdisrael.org, but what's, how, how can they uh, see these things that you're going to post? Okay, beholdisrael.org is the website, but uh, if they get the Telegram app, it's a Telegram messenger, they follow, they can find my channel. I've got about 360,000 followers, so don't go on the other Amirs that are fake. <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of people that are stating yeah. talk to me, but they... And um, and go and subscribe, and you can also we'll post it also on Twitter and on on Instagram and and, and also on Facebook. All behold Israel or Amir Tzalfati, you can find it, and uh, we'll make it available. And uh, yeah, and beholdisrael.org will give you an understanding of obviously who we are and what we do. Great. All right, I'm going to ask you to pray to close in prayer. And can I ask you to close in prayer in English and then also in Hebrew? Too? Yeah, of course. Both. Yeah. Thank you. So, Lord, we thank you that we can come before you uh, and first acknowledge that you are the king of this universe, that you created everything, that it's all for you. Yes. Lord, we also have uh, hearts that are now broken for your nation, Israel, and for that uh, which this nation has gone through and is going through right now. Lord, we see that people are being slaughtered just for being Jews, just for being those that uh, obeyed your calling to get back to their land and fulfill your prophecy given to the prophet Ezekiel. And so, Father, we ask now that you will provide the comfort and also protect your nation from further attacks. We also pray that throughout this pain and sorrow, you will reveal yourself to the people and maybe cause them to uh, cry loud and clear and ask for uh, the way to be comforted and find real peace and find their messiah yeshua father we pray also for america and for uh, we thank uh, the american people that are standing by israel right now i pray that uh, you will bless this nation for doing that but i also pray for the safety of the american people in light of what we see that is going on in in the in light of all the growing dangers all around and Father, I pray that you will uh, continue to work in us and through us uh, to bring people to you. This is our ultimate job in this world. Uh, our home is not here. 
And we thank you. אבינו שבשמיים, אני מודה לך שאתה אב הרחמים, שאתה זה שממציא נחמה. אני מבקש שאתה עכשיו, בשעה הקשה הזו של ישראל, שאתה תנחם, אתה תעודד, שאתה תעמוד לצד העם שלך, שאתה תגן עליהם ותשמור עליהם מכל רע. תודה לך, אבינו שבשמיים, שאתה גם מגן עלינו מכל, בכל הגבולות מסביב. אם זה לא היה אתה, כבר מזמן הם היו משמידים אותנו. תודה לך, אבא, שאנחנו גם יכולים לפנות אליך, ואני מבקש שאתה תמשיך את העבודה הטובה שאתה התחלת, ואנחנו מבקשים שעם ישראל, דרך כל הצרה הזו שקורית לו, שאולי עוד ועוד אנשים יפנו אליך, ושלא יצטרכו לעבור את הצרה הגדולה, אלא יבינו כבר עכשיו את הצורך במשיח, בשלום שלמנו ובתקווה שיש לנו פה. שוב תודה לך על הכל. בשם ישוע המשיח ולכבודו. אמן. אמן. Thank you, my brother Amir. I Sorry, you didn't you. understand half of my prayer, but... I, I got Yeshua Himashiach. There you go. <laughs> God bless you, brother. I love you. Thanks Thank for taking the time. And Thank we're you, praying brother. for you, for your family, and for all of Israel. Love you, brother. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. God bless. So can we do this? Can we stand up? And we're just going to take a few minutes, and I want to just help guide us through maybe five to six things that we can pray about. And here's kind of where the challenge comes into play. I'm going to have you pray. Uh, on your own, if you like, pray with those next to you. If you feel comfortable, grab the person's hand next to you. And let's pray together through a few things. So if you want to bow your heads with me. I first want us to pray for the comfort of those who have lost loved ones or those who have loved ones who are being held hostage. So if you would pray right where you are for a moment, and then I will pray as well. God, your word says you are near to the brokenhearted. And so many people have lost so much and perhaps even the, the fear of not even knowing what's going on right now. With those who are being held hostage, God, we pray for protection. We pray for peace. God, we pray um, for rescue. In Jesus' name, we pray. For those, Father, who have lost sons and daughters and, and mothers and fathers, God, we ask that you would comfort them in this moment. We ask that you would bring them peace. We ask that, that they would turn their hearts to you and not get bitter toward you, God, but to run to a loving Father. And so we pray for those who have lost so much. Now I ask you to pray with your head bowed for confusion of the enemy. Time and time again in the Old Testament, we see how God thwarts the plans of the enemy through just confusing them. So can we pray for confusion for all the enemies who have gathered against Israel? God, we know you are in control. We know that you have the ability, Father, to confuse those that would come against us and come against your name and come against your will. And so, God, we ask right now that you would just confuse Hamas. We ask that you confuse their plans as they are running and hiding. God, I pray that there would be dissension among their own ranks and people would turn back to you, God. Maybe they would understand the evil and the power of the evil that they are under. But God, we ask that your spirit would bring uh, a sense of confusion to them. We ask for lives to be, to be saved. Let's pray right now for anyone as anti-Semitism is on the rise as well. God, we know that that's through the enemy who wants to cause the destruction of the Jewish people who the Messiah came through, and we pray against that. We pray against that here. We pray against that in our own, you know, United States of America and universities and where people are protesting against Israel. God, we just pray. We pray that eyes would be open, that scales would fall off, 
that they would understand evil for what it is and have a heart for those whom you've loved and the nation that you call. Can we also pray right now where you are for government officials, for those making decisions right here on behalf of the Americans that are over there, whether they're getting ready to send special operations into Gaza. Can we pray for those? Pray for our president. Pray for the Israeli government as well. God, we can't even begin to imagine the decisions that must be made. But we do know that you will give wisdom to those who ask for it. And so we're asking that our officials would seek you, Jesus. Seek wisdom, seek guidance from your Holy Spirit. God, we pray for the Israeli government and their officials as they're having to make decisions that are unbelievable, unbelievably difficult in this time. We pray that you would give them a resolve. We pray that you would give them courage. We pray that you would give them wisdom to know how to get innocent lives out and safe. So God, we pray for them. And ultimately, can we also pray that this would be a a moment where those Jewish people who are still awaiting a Messiah would understand that he already came, that Jesus already came and gave his life. And as they're questioning things right now, questioning eternity, questioning what's happening in Israel, we pray for hearts to be turned to God. So right now, here and abroad, God, we pray for those that right now would be searching for answers and searching for a savior. Those who are still looking, I think of those right now to this day at the wailing wall in Jerusalem awaiting a Messiah when he's already come. I pray that eyes would be open in Jesus' name. I pray that they would see you, Father, as a loving Father. I pray that the prophecies in the Old Testament would come alive. Maybe a light bulb would go on in their hearts and in their lives, and they would recognize that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior of the world. And I pray for us, Father, that we would have a resolve as a church to know where our peace comes from, our help comes from. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for your promises. This is not doom and gloom, God. This is an opportunity for us to point to you and point to your kindness and mercy and grace that we don't deserve, but we've all been given through a Savior of the world, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message on the Elevate Church podcast. We hope you really enjoyed it. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. Welcome to the family. We would love to know about it, so please let us know by going to elevatechurch.com yes. There will be some practical resources to help you as you start this journey. If you want to support the mission and vision of Elevate, go to elevatechurch.com give. Thank you for living generously. We hope you enjoyed this message. Have a great week.